just incredible. Now, listen, everybody, I need your help in these next few moments. I, I need you to be a choir, okay? So you all know the song, Oh, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. You know that song? So whenever I'm talking and I stop and I just do this, I want you to start singing that line, okay? So here we go. Oh, I wish it Except I'd love you to sing it with enthusiasm this time, okay? Just like you mean it. So here we go. Oh, I wish it And I wonder if I conducted at a different speed, whether you could follow. Okay, so whenever I do that, and I'm speaking, I need you to watch and join in, okay? So, as you know, Christmas is just around the corner, and Christmas has so many wonderful things to it, but lots of those wonderful things come to an end pretty quickly, too quickly. So, there's the Christmas turkey, anybody like turkey? It doesn't last long enough though, you know, once you get past Boxing Day, it just disappears, and you've got nothing left. And then, batteries, they always run out, don't they? And you always think you've got enough in, but there's always a gap and they run out of batteries. And then maybe your favorite Christmas movie. After three, would you shout out what your favorite movie is? One, two, three. No, I don't like that one. But it always comes to an end and the credits come up and it's over. And you know the saying that good things don't last, you know, everything comes to an end at some point. What about chocolate? Chocolate, it never lasts long enough, does it? Even no matter how much you have at Christmas, it runs out eventually. There's only a few things that never seem to run out. Sprouts. Now, anything you have to spend that long trying to make taste good by mixing other things in with it, obviously has got a problem, but sprouts seem to hang around forever one way or another, eh? And then there's the washing up. That seems to go on for eternity. And then the quality street tins. Why is the coffee creams always the last ones that seem to hang around for a long time? Let's try that again. So in my line it says, and in the tin of quality street, the coffee creams. That's better. Much more enthusiastic. Fantastic. There's so much to love around Christmas. I love the excitement of Christmas morning. I love the expectations, the thrill of gently unfolding the wrapping paper if you're a careful person or tearing it apart if you're so keen to get in there. The joy of pulling the Christmas crackers around the dinner table and they've always got amazing jokes in them, haven't they? What did Adam say the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. Your crackers contain all sorts of jokes just as good as that. I love the smells of Christmas. There's something unique about Christmas. I love the way that so much preparation and care and energy has been put into this one day. I tell you what, you're going to give Slater a run for his money. They're the ones who sang that, aren't they? Yes. But as they say, 
all good things must come to an end. Was it wizard? Slave. We've got a dispute going on here on the front row as to who actually sang that song. (laughs) Dispute resolved. Dispute resolved. Fantastic. But I find that as the sun sets on Christmas Day and the the wide-eyed excitement of Christmas morning is replaced by the blurry-eyed exhaustion and tiredness of Christmas night. It all seems to be over so, so quickly. There's some on the balcony just thinking, no, we've got, we've got the royal box up here. We don't have to sing. I think you should. I th- do you think they should be singing up there? So just for the benefit of those in the cheap seats down here, could, could, we, could we hear your rendition? Here we go, just in the balcony. Thank you for the melodrama that you put into that as well. That was lovely. You know, there are some people who are so taken by the concept of Christmas that they try and elongate it and make it last as long as possible. There's a lady in Bristol that every day for the last 20 years... She has had a Christmas dinner. Can you imagine that? And she's still a size 10, apparently. How does that work? And then this family here from Derbyshire, last Christmas, they thought, why do we need to take the tree down? Let's just leave it up all year. And I think they've redecorated it a number of times throughout the year. I don't know about that. I wouldn't fancy that. I think I like the variety. But... That was beautiful how we had it out of synchronization there. That was really lovely. But let's forget about the decorated trees and the roast dinners and the special food that we enjoy. Let's think about the presents that sit around the tree. What would it be like if every single day you woke up that there was another present under the tree? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be amazing. Unless you're the one who have to keep buying them every day. But wouldn't that be special? But what about something better than that? What if there was one present you had this Christmas that was so amazing, you never, ever wanted anything else ever again? What if there was one thing you could get that never loses its energy, never loses its significance, never loses its power, never loses its relevance, wherever you go, whatever you do, whoever you're with, it's always useful. It's always something that has meaning for you. It never loses that meaning. What would it be like if you could get one present that did all of that forever? What a present! I would love one of those. Well, surely, if such a present existed, it would be way beyond our budgets. It would be excessively expensive, surely, if such a thing existed. And you and I would never be able to afford something of that level. Well, I've got some good news for you. That there is a gift that has been given for you that puts every other present into its shadow. It puts everything else that you could ever have on this earth into the realm of not anywhere near as good. 
And you could never afford this, but the good thing is, there's someone who loves you so much that he has gifted it to you, and he's made it available to you. And that is the birth of a savior, a light, a hope, a joy unspeakable. And this light, Jesus, that came into this world into the darkest of places. And the dark places, we heard some of dark places last week where there were some aspects of society that were mentioned that are expressions of darkness in our world. But I want you to know that the real most dark places in our world are not the crime hotspots or the locations of injustice or they're not those places where, um, where things exist that shouldn't. Those places are dark. But the most dark place in the world, do you want to know where it is? It's in your heart. It's in my heart. And Jesus came to shine light into dark hearts. Not arts, hearts. Some of you go away and say, Mark just talked about the dark arts this morning. No, I didn't. The dark hearts. Jesus came to shine his brilliant light of hope into the darkest of recesses in this world. You see, when things go wrong in society, it's not just because there's a fault in the political structure. It's not just because there's a lack of law and order. It's because there are dark hearts that manifest and reveal something that's within them. And the answer to this world is not another king that will just create a new sort of uh, ruled society. It's not another political party that will do things a bit better than someone else. What this world needs is the hearts, the dark hearts of everybody to know light that will transform them. But I found over the years and I see in the Bible that there are three different reactions to Jesus shining his light into our hearts. Let me tell you quickly what these are. The first reaction I see are what I'm going to call the filtered. Now, you and I, we've got phones today, and it's amazing what you can do on your phones. Do you know what I discovered the other day? That just on my photograph thing on the phone, that I can press a little button, and it pulls my cheeks in a little bit. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, oh, that's quite handy. I'll do that later on. Um, you, there's another button that you can remove the blemishes. Take away the spots. Wow. You can even whiten teeth. You can manicure your eyebrows. You can do all sorts of things. You can even put hair. I don't know what the point of that would ever be. But the filtered people, the people who respond filtered to the light of Christ, they're the people that have become so manicured in their presentation, they filter out their image in order so it looks better to everyone else. And when the light of Christ begins to shine in their heart, they think if people saw what was in here, they wouldn't like it as much as what I've manicured and filtered my impression to other people. And Jesus encountered these people all the time. You know, some of the worst were the religious people. They were people that presented a filtered image to the world around them that said, we are brilliant, we've got it all together, and that we 
are really in a good place. And Jesus looked right into their hearts and said, no, you're not. Your hearts are dark. Your hearts, the Bible says, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And if you and I just try and tame our hearts, it savagely bites back at some point. What we need is not a tamed heart, we need a transformed heart. And the Bible talks about replacing a heart of stone and giving us a heart of flesh. But it's too, it's too costly for some people because they don't want to let go of their nicely filtered image. And therefore, they respond with outrage to Jesus. How dare you tell me that my life is a mess? But when they go behind closed doors, they know that their life is. They know that they have needs in there. They know that it's not going to be how they live that's going to solve their problems because they still face those inner darkness that they struggle with. But they will fight it because they don't want to let go of their image. I want to let you know it's much better to look in the mirror and say, God loves who I see in this mirror than it is to refuse to look in the mirror and always hold up your Instagram profile that's been filtered and say God loves him or her. Because that's not you. That's not authentic. God loves who you are when you look in the mirror with your spots and your blemishes and your bald head and your puffed out cheeks and your yellow teeth. God loves you because he looks into the heart of people and he says, I have brought my light, the greatest gift the world has ever seen, and you can be transformed on the inside. That's what God calls us to. That's why Christmas is a gift. Because there is no better gift than having that changed on the inside of you. So don't be filtered. Jesus butted up against the religious people. He said, you guys, you are like whitewashed tombs. That's not a compliment. That's saying you look nice and clean and presentable, but inside you stink of death. I'm not asking what's your life like, what's your habits like, what's your behavior like. I'm asking what's your heart like. And I know what it's like because I know what mine's like. Without Christ, it needs a savior. And his name is Jesus. And 2,000 years ago, God came and planted himself in the womb of a virgin. And she gave birth to the savior of the world. And the creator became the created and grew up among us and lived a sinless life. And then gave his life on the cross so that you and I can know thousands of years later hearts that have been transformed. Oh, that's great news. Then the second group of people, I'm going to call these the groupies. You know, there's always groupies, isn't there? There's always people who tag along, hang on. Um, they, they go along with a crowd, and when the crowd changes their mind, when the fashions change, they change as well. And there were loads of groupies hung around Jesus, and they loved to watch him shine his torch, to shine his light, to bring miracles. They loved in their thousands to sit on the hillside and to see this little boy's pack lunch of five loaves and two fishes. They loved that they were able to enjoy the miracle of this provision of food. They loved it. 
They loved and cheered when blind Bartimaeus' eyes opened. They loved it and they cheered when the man was lowered in through the roof of a building and got off his bed and walked for the first time. They loved it. They cheered. They went, wow, awesome. They loved it. But then they went back to their homes and closed the doors and told stories about what they saw. But they never allowed the light to change their hearts. They changed their stories, but they didn't change their hearts. And that groupie, those groupies, they gathered alongside the road on Palm Sunday and they cheered, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then sometime later they shouted, crucify him. God's not looking for groupies. He's looking for relationship. People that will say, God, you have my heart. And then the third group. These are what I want to encourage you to be. Is the overwhelmed. There were those who allowed this light not just to shine around them, to not be offended by it, but they allowed the light of Christ to search their hearts. Search me, O God. See if there be any offensive way within me. And they discovered that the light doesn't come to embarrass and expose, but the light comes to heal and put right and to sort out. You know, it'll be easier later on when we finish this service to knock the lights off and close the door and pretend we don't see this. But it will mean that this hall can't be used for other things in the weeks and the months ahead until this is cleaned. And we don't put the lights on to say, oh, look at the mess. Look at the state of this place. That's not the purpose of the light. The purpose of the light is so that we can say, okay, this is what needs to be sorted. And the light of Christ doesn't come. The Bible says Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save. And some of you in your life, you keep going from Christmas to Christmas. But inside, it doesn't feel like Christmas. It feels, as C.S. Lewis said in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, it feels like constant winter, but never Christmas. And there's one thing that will change that. There's one gift that will change that. And that is the light of Christ. And we see those who experienced this warmth were overwhelmed. Their hearts were flooded with the light. The inner darkness vanished. Fear was replaced with love. Hopelessness with hope. Insecurity with assurance. Self-hatred with self-worth. Shame was replaced with purity. Anger replaced with peace. All of this happens when we receive the gift of the light of Christ in our hearts. And this transformation... Is it available to a select group of people? It's available to you. And whether you walk away from the tree and say, well, it sounds like a great gift, but it's not for me. That would be tragic this Christmas. I wish it would be proper Christmas for you this day. Jesus wants to come into your life. And he wants to flood you, to be overwhelmed with his hope this Christmas. Jesus was no ordinary child. And those who encountered him, they were overwhelmed by him. The three wise men, or uh, it doesn't say three, does it? We say that because there were three gifts. But the wise men, the magi, the kings, 
that travel from the east and they came because they followed a star and probably because they'd come in contact with some ancient writings from the east, maybe from Daniel's time in Babylon, some of those writings, those prophecies, and they had followed this star to Bethlehem. And here they are before Jesus as a child. And they bring in the most unusual gifts to a child. You know, if you're thinking of buying a child some gifts, then, you know, you probably wouldn't think of the things they brought. You'd think of something a bit more practical, wouldn't you? Here's an Xbox, or, you know, here's a new phone for later in life, or, you know, here's a, here's a nice sort of coat that you could wear on the cold nights. You, you wouldn't think gold. But the reason they brought gold is because Jesus wasn't an ordinary child, because he was a king. He was royalty. Not just a king, but the king of kings. They didn't just bring frankincense because it was a nice smell. They brought it because it's symbolic of divinity. It's symbolic that God, this was out of this world. This child was not of human origins. This child was son of God. And they brought myrrh. And it almost sounds like a contradiction to frankincense. Myrrh was what they would impose a perfume they would embalm dead bodies with. And that's what happens to humans. We die. And this was a symbol of his humanity because he was fully God and fully man. But Jesus did die. But when they went to the tomb, his body wasn't there because he wasn't just a man. He is God with us. And he bust out of that death and he grows his resurrection life. And today, we are not bringing to you a nice sentimental story from a thousand years ago. We're bringing a, a reality that Jesus is alive and he is shining his light in hearts across the world. There are millions of overwhelmed people who know the love of Christ. And you could be one of them. There were many others that were overwhelmed and brought gifts to Jesus. better than wishing it could be Christmas every day. I urge you, watching online or in the room, to open up the curtains of your heart and to receive the gift of all gifts. Not only will it be a celebration for today, it will be a transformation for every day of your life on this earth and beyond this earth. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And this gift brings eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. What a gift. Don't be filtered on the outside with darkness on the inside. Don't be a groupie chasing the stories of experiences that you can watch. But be overwhelmed by his light. I wonder if I can do a spin on that song that you've been singing the first line of. Oh, I'm thankful for my Savior every day. For your light and life brings hope and shows the way. Oh, I'm thankful for my Savior every day. I'm overwhelmed by hope through Jesus. It's Jesus! 
I'd buy that album. Let's pray together. God with you. His light searches our hearts and he brings hope. And no matter how messed up your journey has been, no matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter what the train wrecks there are in your life, Jesus makes all things new. And he'll take your messed up heart and he'll give you life in all his fullness. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And I'm going to invite maybe everybody to pray this prayer out loud. But if this is the first time you're praying it, let the words leave your mouth and your heart as a prayer to God. He will hear it. It's a prayer that invites Jesus to come and bring his light into your darkness. Let's pray this prayer together. It goes like this. It's all joining together. Jesus, I thank you for coming to this earth as a gift. God with us. And we need a Savior. I need a Savior in my heart. Come and shine your light in me. Take away the darkness. Take away my shame my fear and the mess of my life and bring me new life in Jesus' name. So would you keep praying with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. I ask Holy Spirit that you would now present yourself in every heart of every person watching online or in the room. And I pray that we would be a collective of overwhelmed people. Overwhelmed by this the greatest gift of all. And as the wise men brought costly gifts, may we bring our whole lives to you. I'd love to invite those who prayed that prayer for the first time to come forward, but if we do that, all we're going to hear is the explosion of balloons. So I'm not going to do that. But if you prayed that prayer for the first time, yes, I, I hear that footstep. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just let me know, just lifting your hand? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, the balcony. Thank you. Is there anyone else? The gift that keeps giving, the light that keeps shining, the hope that keeps burning, the peace that keeps remaining. Jesus, our Savior. Father, I thank you for these precious men and women that have indicated that they're responding to that invitation to receive you as their Savior. I thank you that you're not debating whether you attend to them now, but that you run to them. Lord, transform their hearts and their lives and fill them with your love, I pray. 
in Jesus' name. If you're watching online and you pray that prayer, you can just contact one of our online team and they would love to pray with you as well. But everybody, I wonder if we could stand and give a round of applause to all of those who prayed that prayer and joined in inviting God into their lives. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.